We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United beaten at home by Everton on Saturday. You've got Alex Hurst, Ben Wade to record the post-game debrief with you now. Uh, this show is supported by our patrons who pay about seven quid a month for about 28 extra podcasts per month on Newcastle United. We've got the Leicester preview coming up this week before uh, further show for patrons looking back at the whole of the Christmas period. Which so far, far Ben has yielded three points from three games after these two defeats in two two games. Yeah, you know I was with you at the game yesterday in the corner, and we're pretty deflated at full time. Has twenty four hours or so made you look any more favourably amongst that before on that performance? Can't be worked out at the minute. <laughs> you know than we did feel after the game because we were pretty scathing straight after about that performance. Um, yeah, I think we. Uh, we were unlucky to to get beat yesterday. We didn't deserve that. I mean, some the the referee has one hundred percent like impacted that result. Um, one of the worst. I mean, we've seen some bad referee and performances over the years, but I think that's got to be up there with just not having a clue. Like giving not giving any fouls or or free kicks for pretty much for the first forty five minutes, and then just picking and choosing the second half to try and level it up a bit, but like only giving the ones where <laughs> it was irrelevant really. Um, I think in terms of the performance, I, th- I thought we were quite poor. I mean, obviously, we have that chance really early in the game. But then after that, I think we lost our way a bit for maybe about 20 minutes or so. Um, but then as soon as they scored, the reaction was, was really good and we took the game to them. Could have probably had a couple couple more goals. Um, and then we... we <laughs> probably a, a really exciting passage of play where we were pushing them um, in their back, in their sort of uh, final third and put them under pressure, win the ball back. And then give the ball away and, and, and lose the game from that. And I think with, once they went back ahead, I can't really think of any opportunities that we created after that. So that was a little bit disappointing in that when we needed to force the game again, we, we couldn't go again. Um, in terms of context of the result, I mean, uh, when, when we did our pre-Christmas predictions, I, I, I fancied we're getting four points out of the, the four games. Um, we're still on course to do that, averaging one a game at the minute, but uh, with, with the tough tests of, of Leicester coming up, um, it's it's going to be difficult. I think performance-wise, I mean, just in, in, in general, um, we've, we've played well in part, but Ultimately, it's it's there's no consistency there in the performances. Twenty minutes, good at Man U, terrible for the for the, for the last hour and, and sort of torn apart. And um, poor for probably 
to get similar 30 minutes of this game and then good for the last 60 but um, we're just not getting a consistent enough performance for, for a full 90 minutes and unfortunately when we're not good we get punished and um, it, it's one of those I think when, when you're winning games you're not playing well at the say it's a, good, it's a sign of a good team but I think ultimately um, we're, we're struggling and I think there's a there's a dire need of, of some strengthening in January, but we know it's not going to happen. So um, I think it's going to it's it's going to be a difficult second half of the season. I think we've we've overachieved in the first half. I think the next half's going to be a, a bit of a battle. Yeah, we are 19 games in now. What 11th place or something? Um, 25 points above Arsenal in the league. <laughs> that says more about Arsenal than it does about us. And I think, yeah, like my frustration after the game yesterday, I think I think you're right there about the inconsistency because it, yesterday at nil one and at one one were the better side, but at nil nil and two one of them were fucking rubbish, and that's that's the annoyance. A bit like Bournemouth, a bit like Southampton, we've got to we've got to go one down to start playing at home, which is mental. Even against Palace, you know we didn't deserve to win that game. You know it, it's almost like we can't. We can't start a game properly at the minute, at home anyway. And then at two one, I mean, it was just a farce. Bruce just hoys on, hoys on, Gale and Atsu plays Atsu right back or something, left back or something, mental like that. I mean, again, it's all hindsight because I think we're here now that Shaw had an injury, so I had to go off. Um, Joe Linton had an injury. I, I couldn't understand why he took Joe Linton off, but now it looks like he's injured. So that. Sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to say the Atsu thing. I think was a reaction to the the fact that we we had Lejeune with no pace up against basically all their fast players were going over over that side. Richarlison, Keane, Walcott at times. Um, they 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 punished that sort of left side of our defence. Um, so I think the Atsu one, obviously with the injuries, it was a case of because he came on to play midfield initially. He was sort of playing yeah. further forward, and then they moved him to the left back. I think just for his pace to sort of watch that. But um, ultimately. It, it, he he didn't do a lot really, um, but I mean that that's the thing I suppose it it wasn't that that um, that substitution that cost Webb, but at the same time, like there's there's a lot more there's a plenty of managers will impact a game with the substitutions and and have a positive impact. Ours yesterday was just a case of well we'll hoy on some fresh legs and see what happens. Case in point, Ancelotti, who has achieved slightly more in the game than Steve Bruce. Um, at one-one yesterday, he takes off Moyes Keane and brings on Delph as a holding midfielder to, to to give them to give them a hold in midfield. Whereas for the whole of the second half, we'd been running the game, and that was a really astute substitution. Whilst um, Steve Bruce doesn't have the, the strength and depth that Ancelotti has to, or as, as good as football as Ancelotti does, that was like a, a, a substitution that changed that game, and we don't have anything like that either from the playing staff or from the coaching staff to be able to make that kind of progressive change to try and get something during the game. It's very much a case of like, Bruce isn't going to change anything before the 70th, 75th minute and he, the only time he's going to make wholesale changes or if we're getting beat, whereas Ancelotti has probably won them that game there, although we very much contributed to our own downfall. I think he did, um, he tried to bring on long staff, I guess, to try and balance that, but it was too late, yeah. It was when the game was gone, we were already 2-1 down, creating nothing, and ultimately we didn't need another centre midfielder in where the way we were playing the game. We were, we were playing long balls up with Carroll, We'd, we needed more attacking players to get in and around Carroll. Um, long staff coming on to sit with Hayden and Shelby 
isn't going to get players up and around the box. That they're all players that are more comfortable sitting deeper. So again, in terms of ultimately, we haven't got the players on the bench to do it. But I, I, again, I think as you say, the Joe Linton one when when it when we looked at it, I think he was bringing him off anyway. He was always going to take him off rather than Carroll, whether he was injured or not. That might have just been an angle. I think he probably he didn't look like he was struggling at the time. But he, but he didn't look like he was struggling at the time, did he? I think it's one of those where had they kept him on. Like it would have been better to put three strikers on, for example, yeah. playing the type of ball, ball we're playing, or at least if you're bringing that to one, play him high up the pitch, and then get so you've got Carroll flicking on for Gale and Atu running beyond him, um, but that didn't happen, and uh, I just think, yeah, it's it's probably in a, a, a mix, as you say, between we haven't got the players on the bench. I mean, who else would you? There wasn't anybody else that could have come on. They brought Yedlin on for a bit of pace, but they, oh, sorry, Yedlin played didn't start, didn't he? Um, Who's the third sub? Oh, it was Gale or two and Longstaff wasn't it, with the three subs. Yeah, it was just, I mean, that. I suppose that's it. It's, we haven't got many other options. I mean, they are your three subs that you're going to make every game, aren't they? One of the issues, sorry, one of the issues is uh, this formation, and I want to talk, I want to come back to Joe Linton, so don't let us forget, but one is this formation change. All of a sudden against um, Burnley, I think, he goes with two up front. And since we've been playing two up front, We've lost three or four, <laughs> and the game we did win against Palace was absolutely nothing to do with having two up fronts. Like, I, I don't know why he's done it now. Obviously, the, the injury to St Maximan has had a big impact in that. But against Southampton, and this, this is this is the conundrum with Carroll. Like, he's probably our best player yesterday, but by him starting every game, which I think I presume he wasn't bought to lead the line like in every single Premier League game. It's only that he will get injured soon. He will because that's what he does. In his career, I hope I'm wrong in that. I hope he stays fit, but you lose him as an impact sub from the bench. And when he does make changes from the bench yesterday, there's not there. Uh, you know, I don't know why he's he's gone with the two up front, and it, I almost feel sorry for Hayden because Hayden had, didn't have a, he didn't have a good game yesterday, but he's he's now playing in a midfield three where he's having to cover the right side of midfield and his own position, and because he's he's not you know Isaac Hayden is Isaac Hayden, he will graft, he will win possession, he can even win possession high up the pitch for you, but he's not going to, you know, play like David Silva. And, and I was getting frustrated at the match because he's winning the ball or he's being played the ball and being asked to, you know, do something. And he's popping off to Fernandes and Lejeune and you're like, no, you're the central midfielder, mate. But then at the same time, it's not his job. But because, because we're so light in midfield, because we've got this extra striker, it's just, it's like, it, it's almost like him and Shelby. And Shelby didn't have a good game either, but they're being asked to do things which they're incapable of doing, and they're being asked to do those things to accommodate Joe Linton, who doesn't look like scoring. So, what's the fucking point? Yeah, I think with Hayden, it's he's he's in the. It is a case of he's a, he's a victim of his own athleticism almost. It's a, he's literally having to play like three positions in 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 the game. And as you say, we were getting really wound up by the fact that every time he was winning the ball, his first instinct is to look back and pass backwards, no matter where he is. And as, especially as a midfielder, when when you think we play, we're already playing five at the back, so half of our team of defenders aren't natural necessarily at bringing the ball out. You want your midfielders to be the ones capable of, of looking for a pass, picking a pass, even maybe even taking a man on. Um, and he just doesn't do it enough. And I think especially when we're playing with the, the, the wingers, I mean, there were a few times where if he'd have just had a bit more positivity, he could have ran beyond, um, I think it was Walcott, the first half just wasn't uh, sorry, Richarlison wasn't it? I think it'll have been. Uh, wasn't tracking back much, and and they were getting they were having an opportunity for a, a two on one overload, and yet he 
they, they just he's not comfortable um, in that role. But as you say, I think he's good at what he does when he's playing a more limited role and he's, he's got one job to do. He's very good at it, I think, at the minute. It just doesn't work that he's, he's not he's not capable of, of playing a more attacking role. Um, and, and again, that comes down to the fact that we just don't have the options. I mean, you say we're, we're sort of accommodating Joe Linton. I thought he actually had one of his better games yesterday at times in terms of... I mean, <laughs> it's funny, we've, we've set the bar so low for him. That's the issue, isn't it? It's like for him, he's had a good game. You have to put it in so much context. He, he held up the ball well. He was, he was beaten man. He, he sort of... Um, Played, didn't play too badly, but ultimately didn't have any chances. I can't remember. Didn't even really get in the box that much. And it's like, <laughs> he's a great player between sort of the halfway line and up to the final third. And then he just goes missing after that. And as a striker, like, would, 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 you can't play like that. And I think that's why Carroll's had to become the main striker because you, it's it's blatantly obvious that Joe Linton can't play that sort of um, head, headline role. So... It's it's a real real um real issue that we've spent forty million on, on a striker that isn't even the best he's probably second choice at the club at the minute behind a lad, as you say, that's probably on one leg and and <laughs> hasn't played a full season yet. Um and ha- and ultimately has scored one goal for her this season. So um in terms of the gamble that Ashley wanted to uh, to push at the season, it's it's massively backfired and it's put we're in a position now where like we we need a to go into January, probably looking for a new striker, and I, I don't see how they're going to. They're not going to put the money for that, are they? Well, it's, it's they've got to get rid of strikers first. Yeah. But you're spot on about Joe Linton, and you're right. He, he influenced the game far more than he has done previously, so that's positive. The negative is you've got people on social media and people I spoke after the game saying Joe Linton and Carroll had really good games. Like, no, they didn't. Not really. Like Carroll should have been given a penalty at the end, but. You know, I remember when strikers had a good game when they scored, <laughs> or at least like tested the goalkeeper. I think Joe Linton had two shots on target, which for him, I mean, they weren't difficult saves, but it was a, it's a minor miracle. It's it's a, it's demoralising in it that people are like they had a good game, and it's I mean, let's not beat about the bush, right? We're eleventh in the league, twenty five points, same as Everton now. What just just two behind Palace, and you know things can change quickly because we've got a game, another game in four days, five days, but we are a team that hoys the ball up to Andy Carroll and hopes something happens. That's that's pretty much it, isn't it? And although we've got injuries, you'd think Lascelles, St Maximan and possibly Richie come into that team. Um that I don't think that'll that'll change. And I look back at like the the few times we've played okay this season, um Bournemouth we played well, um we played well against West Ham away did all right against Man United. Andy Carroll wasn't part of that. And it's not like Andy Carroll, for me, he's doing great. He's doing better than, than I thought he would. But we've regressed as a football side and we're not great to begin with. And that, I think that's what a lot of fans fear is that we seem to be going backwards as a side. Like, look at the last few games. Pick a player who's played well. They all played well at Sheffield United. Carroll came on and was brilliant against Southampton. And he's done all right since then. Fernandes has done all right in some games. But... Is anyone playing well? I suppose that's the kind of glass half empty thing, isn't it? Interesting, I was very negative last night with you. We actually recorded this podcast already, me, Norman, Charlotte and Adam. The, the old George pub in uh, in Newcastle after the match. And uh, halfway through, they put the speaker next to where we were sat on with the DJ playing like like dance tunes from the 90s. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't put it out. There would have been better listening probably some of those tunes and listen to us just kick off about the match. 
But yeah, it's it's like I think Leicester's a big game mate for that reason. I think we can salvage something with a Man City esque performance and result against Leicester. Problem is against Man City, we had some of our best players playing. We look we look like a shadow of a side without Saint Maximan. And he's a very good player, and that's all right to, to to miss those players. But Bruce seems to have thought, even though against Southampton, we played, you know, we didn't play two up front until the end, until until Carroll comes on. This 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 slight tweak in formation, just like at the start of the season, Bruce puts an extra central midfielder in, and it all goes to shit. It's like no, we we are better, you know, Shelby and Hayden or Shelby and whoever or Hayden whoever like playing as a two. The wing backs like playing as wing backs that play high, and then we'll then we'll have Almiron on one side. Atsu on the other and Joe Linton or Carroll up front. Why why change it? But in terms of context, mate, do you think it's just because, and it was always going to happen, we're always going to play, if we, we keep winning tight games, we're always going to end up on the wrong side of games like Burnley and Everton. Do you think that the manager is correct after the game, looking at the referee in both of those games, for saying if we'd had proper refereeing decisions, the, the outcome might have been very different? Or was that a little bit wishful thinking from him? No, one hundred percent agree. I think that you you can't. I mean, you you'd never want to be in the position where you, you're making that excuse, but you you can't ignore the fact that the referee. I mean, especially yesterday, there were so many decisions that were just like mental. Contributed to their first goal, st- denied a penalty for us potentially two. I'm sure there was another. There was yeah. There was there was other. Well yeah, the the two on the Carroll were the ones I was talking about. I forgot the armor on one at the beginning of the game as well. Working all over him. Um, it's just it's just crap refereeing, and the fact that VAR has looked at that decision, and when the referee's just given a free kick for a, a two-handed push in the middle, the ball then gets lumped from that free kick into the box, and again the defender just two hands into the back of Carroll, not even looking at the ball. Like it's exactly the same decision. How you could not say a, a mistake's bit not been made there? Like in terms of the consistency, what like what the hell's the referee playing at? Like the, surely VAR there should be there to, to sort of add a bit of consistency. Even give them the corner the right way. Same yeah. at Burnley. Yeah. How 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 long does it take for someone to look at that and yeah. think actually that's you know a corner to a goal kick is a pretty big game changing thing. I mean that's the problem, isn't it? Is VAR the way they've brought it in? They've, they've only put it in for specific scenarios, but ultimately, <laughs> like when you've got glaringly obvious mistakes happening like that, it just makes a, f- a mockery of the whole thing. That well, you've you've brought in this technology and you're not even using it to correct the big mistakes and you can't say that wasn't a big big um s- scenario in the game because they score from that corner yeah. like which which would have which had a massive impact on the game so um yes I've got sympathy for Bruce I think he's he's been absolutely done by the referees um the last few games I think it can't dwell over the fact I mean it's a it's a difficult one isn't it because realistically without the bad referee mistakes we'll get probably point out of those two games I think that the end is two draws. Neither team really deserved to win either game. Um, we weren't, I mean, against Everton, we were probably the side in the ascendancy, but we've just said for possibly for half of the game, we've not really um, done enough to win it. So you can't you can't expect to, to win everything like that. But ultimately, I think we're very hard done by to, to lose. Um, so, yeah, I... I suppose the the issue is, is as you say, I, I, there's no progression in terms of the the team. This team isn't building towards anything. There's there's no real momentum. We we have sloppy games that we're winning, and then we we play all right. And as I say, in, in some games and and get nothing out of it. There's no consistency to any performances. So you have no idea how the teams 
playing in terms of going into another game. You can't predict that, oh, we're in good form here, so we should pick up points in over these next few games. It's literally just a crapshoot every week that, who knows, depends if we turn up and, and we're defensively side. I mean, that's that's the, the one thing I think he hasn't tinkered with is the, the defensive solidity, which is a positive because that keeps winning games and it makes it tough to play against. But as you say... He's tried it at the beginning of the year. He sort of abandoned it. I think it's it's this. He's, he's come in saying he wants to play more attacking football and, and more expansive than Rafa did. And I think he's because he's come out saying that, I think he feels like he's got to try and experiment things to try and sort of jumpstart it. He, he, he tried it at the beginning of the year and it didn't work. He bailed on it and went back to, to the sort of tried and tested that we know and get results. He's now trying to tinkering with his two up front to see if that has any joy. Um he probably felt like in these games it was an opportunity for two two big lads get the ball up front, we'll battle and see if we can get any joy yeah, from teams. I mean especially when it they're going at the seventh game you you had Keane and um they, they didn't play Yerry Mina, which I thought was a bit of a gamble from them. Holgate and, and Keane I thought was an opportunity to to get at them but um we haven't we haven't tested them enough. Uh, for, for the full game and as you say I think when, when Maximan comes in um, he walks straight back in that team and we'll go back to that that two wide players Almiron on one him on the other and then whoever up top I mean it's probably going to be Carroll um, but as we've said it before Carroll looks to be better off as an impact on off the bench Um but <laughs> I don't know how you justify keep playing Joe Linton when he's just not creating anything in terms of a, an, an offensive output. So um, it's a real struggle. Um, and, and as you say, I think it's it's just it's one of those things where Bruce is, is got a, he's, he's trying to justify a way of sort of playing more expansive football, but we're just not set up that way. And I would, to be honest, I'd much rather be difficult to beat, grinding out results, staying in games than him trying to please the masses by playing a bit of football now and again and, and losing some and, and winning the odd game. Um, it's not working. Like We haven't got a good enough team individually. Like Those individual players as a group and the character they've got keeps them in games, but they don't have the ability to be to be out playing other teams. So I think we just need to, um, to, to sort of stick to our strengths and do what we do well in, in two up top, isn't it? Yeah, and you said that you don't think we'll buy anyone. I mean... We need we need a creative midfielder and we need a fast winger. And yes, yes, you want to replace one of the strikers, but I just can't I just can't see it. You know, they really want to get. I mean, it just he doesn't fancy Muto, so Muto may as well go. But if reports that we believe he's one of the best players at the club, so that's going to be a, a nigh on impossibility. Um, potentially a loan somewhere, but then you can only replace him with a loan. So, I it's a difficult one and. The, the problem is it's it's all right. yeah it's fine we can say we've lost a tight game we've won some tight games if that's how it's going to be this season particularly with everyone kind of from Sheffield United and 7th down to like 18th basically or 19th now with Watford back in the picture um, yeah, it, it's all well and good saying that you know the games will be tight you'll win some you'll lose some but then we've got we've got who we've got we've got Leicester second we've got, we've got Wolves I've got everyone to play <laughs> The whole 19. But um, we've got Leicester, Wolves and Chelsea next yeah. in the league. That's, that that smells suspiciously to me, like zero points. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> you never know. I'm going, I'm going to Wolves. Um, Chelsea, aren't pl- Chelsea aren't playing well at the minute. They're like, they've just somehow burgled the yeah. three points off. Oh, but that's Arsenal. Yeah. Um, that we won't be that generous to them. So, I mean, they're, they're a bit mental. I mean, Wolves were probably the worst team for the first half they came to St. James this year. Probably the worst team we've seen. Um, so. but, but they were playing in like Russia or something. 
13 hours earlier or whatever but all right so so yeah that that's the and i think that's the thing with the man united game as well that gamble of resting those players which i thought was reasonable and i thought made sense it makes less sense when you lose you lose to teams like evan evan they got a good manager and they got some good players but they're not a good team and and they've done well i think to win that one um I think that's just about it, mate. There's not, you know, there's lots of games this time of year, so we've got lots of podcasts out. Um, you'll have me and Sai recording the podcast straight after the last game, Leicester game, pretty much for that one, and then we're down at Rochdale as well. Um, in what, what's you know looking like a more more difficult game <laughs> as our games go by, and the injury list um, lengthens because if he goes there and plays a weakened team and, and we somehow manage to get knocked out, it'll not be pretty. The the backlash. You can give away as many free tickets as you want, but the FA Cup is is massive this year. Considering there's no real threat of relegation, that could change. You know, particularly with teams like Watford finding form all of a sudden and stuff like that, and West Ham just like Pellegrini for being down there. Bournemouth look like they're down there, but all those teams could pick up two, three results, and then they're level with us. So it's a tough one, and it's it's rubbish. We've had a rubbish Christmas, really <laughs> losing losing two games and. Leicester will go into it in more detail on the Leicester preview for parents, but it's not an impossible task. It's not a unreasonable thing to suggest we could get something out of that game. Over to you, Steve, as we've said all season. Over to you to to, to get back on track, but a, a second home defeat in a couple of days would be would be really damaging, I think, and the confidence would go as well. You know, there's reports that that Fabian Cher might be struggling for this one, and we, and we don't we don't have anyone else fit to play in the back three. So, on that cheery positive note. Thanks for listening to the True Faith podcast. Uh, I know it's a bit of a shorter podcast today, but like I said, game's coming thick and fast. Speak to you after Leicester. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.